heard it before, but it starts with a riffle shuffle and a waterfall. So I would like everybody to join in with this. So can everybody get your cards out, please? When I say... Are we all poised? Poised. 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 Okay, on the count of three. Sit down, come on. There you go. Perfect. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Insider, brought to you just for a change by Vanishing Inc. But there is a change, because we're live at the session. But we're still going to do it in 30 minutes. My next guest began his career in the mid-90s, Deming Magic in Harrods. This led to rather lovely private gigs for people like the bloke out of Oasis, Bruce Willis, and the Sultan of Brunei. He's appeared on a BBC One primetime show, Secrets of Magic, then went on to do stand-up comedy. He now does proper big stand-up comedy on cruise ships for Disney, Regent, and Silver Sea Cruises. In 2002, Magic Week described him as one of Great Britain's fastest rising stars of comedy and magic. In 2018, a blogger called Disney Cruise Mom Carol reviewed his act, saying he is very entertaining. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, make him feel very welcome. It's Danny Buckler! Thank you. Thank you very much. This is fun, isn't it? Isn't it just? <laughs> this is so weird. I love that it was like this, oh, we're going to let it be a surprise who we're going to interview today, and there's whispers going around. I hear David Blaine's in town. <laughs> it could be Darren Brown, and I'm walking out like a supply teacher. Hello. <laughs> how are you? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm very well. It's very important when doing a live podcast to coordinate T-shirt with backdrop, I find. That's good. It's like a camouflage You thing. need to get the colours right. It yeah. accentuates the cardigan. All Saints. Smart. Sorry. We haven't got time for pleasantries. It's a 30-minute show, Danny. All right, yeah, let's go on with this What's your then? origin story? You've got 18 seconds. Eh? What's your origin story? Right. You've got 18 seconds. I can't do it in 18 seconds, do, mate. Try. You, you can't rope the wind. Try it. Do it. Right, go. Well, um, oh, well, I, know, I bought a magic set and thought, this is fun, isn't it? There we go. I mean, um, no, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's it, that's fine, it's the same as everybody. Yeah, no, no. That's what, who cares? You've got a magic set, you've got a magic book, you had an uncle, it's Are fine. You, you want a better story than that? Like I was walking down the street and a beam of light came through the clouds <laughs> and there was Davenport's and in I went and there was this wise old man behind the counter who taught me the ways of the sorcerer and the next thing you know as opposed to what it's really like, which is, um, I want to do that and make friends. <laughs> What's it called? A Svengali deck? I'll have one of them. Rainbow Cascade. Thank you, Bruce Smith. Yeah, it was that. You've just finished hosting the Magic Circle Christmas shows. What was that experience like? Hosting the Magic Circle Christmas? It was all right. It was good fun. I've done it two years on the bounce. I only did the second week this year because Richard Pinner did the first week. And then the year before, I did the full two week. I love it, actually. I do. Because um, I had to rejoin the circle to do it. That was nice. Because um, I forgot that I wasn't a member. <laughs> and I think, they, I think they had as well, because they booked me. And then I got an email saying, by the way, you are actually a member of this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. So I rejoined it, but, um, which has actually been nice as well, because I, I, you know, I wasn't in it for the longest time. Mm. Not, not for any reason, just... But, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It's a lovely theatre, isn't it? Have you been yeah. in there? Yeah. 
It's quite a small, intimate room. It's weird because it feels like big, but it's not. It's very intimate and small. And, um, and it's a full day they get when they come to that. They get like close-up magic downstairs and they get, there was a bunco booth this year. There was a right. guy doing like find the lady and beat the cheat. It was brilliant. Williamson changed your life. Can you share that story, please? Will you mm. share that story? Oh, it's just dark. Think, think Quacky the Clap. No. Um, <laughs> no, it's not dark. No, I can share that story, actually. It's awkward because he's here. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's going to throw me off a little bit, but, you know, I don't take much. Um, right, I'll tell you this then. I will tell you that. I'm just going to tell the truth. So, I um, went to the... When I was very young, I was wearing a younger man's clothes. And I um, wanted to go to the Opus Magic Convention, which at the time was like, this is before like, the internet, do you know what I mean? So the only way to see these people was to go and see them. Sure. And uh, he was on. There was a massive lineup, but he was on. There were, two, there were two performances that really got me. Anyway, he was on. And I wanted to go, and I couldn't afford it because I was, um, you know, ever such a poor lad. I was working in this um, theatre box office, but I managed to scrape together the money to go to it. I was about, I don't know, 17 or 18. And um, I had no idea what I was doing, but there was a close-up magic competition as part of this event. And I figured that if I could get in that and maybe place, that would pay for getting there. And that would sort of justify the trip, because I had no money. First time I'd ever been on a plane in my whole life was going up the Isle of Man. Never, never ever flown before, even. So um, off we went to the Isle of Man. And um, it was a beautiful event because it was really, it was like, it was this, I'll tell you what it was, it was this. The session is what it was, but back then, it was that, comparable, it was that sort of, in that atmosphere, you got contact with people and you got, you know, it was a smaller gathering and it was like the cool people and the, you know, they're all mixing, so it was like a nice, lovely social thing. And um, I missed them, actually, there was three of them, they were all brilliant. Anyway, I did this competition and I turned up and I knew the second I turned, I am not going to get anywhere in this. I'm round the back and everyone's got all the git. There's a guy from Germany doing Tai Chi to get into the zone like this. And, and everyone's got, oh, he's the favourite to win. He's got this table with a thing that delivers the thing that makes the thing that, you know what I mean? And someone else has got a thing that has cost 10 grand and they're going to present their thing. And then, then John Carney's round the back warming his hands up. So it's like, oh yeah, I've got a chance here then. And Richard McDougall was there, who actually won it. Brilliant. But all these brilliant people were going in for it, because it was... I thought it was going to be like a magic competition. It was like the world-class world performers and little sure. Danny Buckles in his jacket from Oxfam with his, his four trusty silver assistants. That's literally, like, <laughs> all I had. Do you know what I mean? And a deck of cards. A deck of Waddingtons! I can remember standing there, <laughs> looking at my Waddingtons, thinking, oh, Christ, even the cards are cheap! <laughs> like, I've got nothing! My, my, and my big kill move was going to be a backfire matrix, which then was a new thing. That was my, my recessions. It was like, oh, finish him. And the four coins go back. Have that, you know. Flawless victory. That's my big... I've got this carpet tile as well. For a, for a close-up mat. Which I've gotten from, like, the, the charity shop. Or something. It's a carpet tile I'm using. For a, but then I found this magazine that had, like, an advert for a close-up mat in it. And I thought, all right, I'll read out the advert about how great this close-up mat, and I'll pretend that this is what they sent me. And that'll be T-E-E. Hilarity will ensue. Sure. Win them over. Move with the tide, but faster. So, on I walk. <laughs> Clank, oh, I can remember it. It was agony. I walked on. My heart was doing this. Oh, sorry, you got a microphone. My heart was trying to punch its way out my chest. My hands are shaking. And this thing happened, and I, I'm not... I don't like blowing my own trumpet, so I'm not trying not to... But this thing happened where um, I didn't 
You'll have to excuse me, I'm, I'm not well. I, um, it was like I disappeared, is the way I can describe it. Okay. I, I there. Nothing I'd written down came out my mouth. It was weird. It felt like someone was talking, and I opened my mouth, bleh, and I just started talking. And I weren't telling jokes either. I was just talking about my life and what was happening and this thing, and getting there. And it just came, and people started laughing, which had never happened before. Because I thought I was going to come out and be kind of like, <laughs> you know, with the, look at my shuttle pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, David Roth, me and him. And, but it didn't work to go like that. And, and it was like five minutes before. I didn't even do a trick. Do you know what I mean? Before the first, and then I remember getting two volunteers from the audience. One was Ali Cook. You know, we're talking when we were like kids, so it wasn't like, you know, and, and his girlfriend at the time. And they sat on either side. And I went into this whole thing with them. And it was all just coming out of nowhere. And I got to the end of it. And um, everyone was like, ah, like cheering and applauding. And I'd never heard that before. Right. And, it went, and I've, had, I've had like, oh, that was a good trick. But I never had a room full of people going like that. And I come off stage and I didn't know what to do with it. Because I didn't know what had happened. I was sort of sitting on the back thinking, I don't get what happened there. I, don't, I didn't write that. I didn't plan it. It just happened. I don't get what's happening. But I know that it's something. But I don't know That's what to do with it. And David Williamson was there as a lecturer and a performer. And um, I'm going to cry. No, I'm not. Um, I might cry. Um, I'm sitting in the bar afterwards. And I, everyone's talking to their mates and that. And I'm still trying to process what's happening. And they have not announced who won yet. I didn't win it. But they gave me like a merit prize for taking part, which covered the flight. But um, I feel this tap on my shoulder. And it was him. And I've not met him before. Sorry, this is getting a bit emotional. It's beautiful. Oh, this is embarrassing. No, it's nice. It's lovely. But he was such a hero. And he says, you come with me. We're going to have a chat about that. Like he'd seen something. And he took me out of the room and sat me down for a good hour. And we just talked about, not about tricks, not a, not a trick. I remember the first thing he said to me was, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do close-up magic in restaurants like you do with the coins and the thing. I've seen your videos. You know, you're so cool. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do that. And he just went, no. I went, no, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. You're too big for that. That's not what you're meant to be doing. And he told me about comedy and stuff and that. But no one... God, this is embarrassing, the session. No one had ever looked me in the eyes and said, you're good at something. Right. Like, my whole life. And a hero saying that must have been an incredible experience. This is an embarrassing moment, isn't it? And I'd like to thank my agent, and I'd like to thank... (laughs) I'd like to thank God in heaven, because without him... And... (laughs) You like me, you really like me. No. (laughs) What a prat, look at this. Oh, what a fool. But that was a big thing, and it stuck with me. To have someone like that, that you admire, look you in the eye, like, no one ever, my whole life, no one ever, ever once said, you're good at something. Sure. You know what I mean? You're good at this. This is what you should be doing with your life. I've just done it all on my own. And um, to have that was such a, and I've, and I've held on to that. There's been times in my career where I've been like, oh, what am I doing? That? And I've held on to that. And, um, and it's important. And, so, and that's why I don't, you know, when you talk, you, know, you don't realise how big these moments are, but they are, and they send you off on a path and a direction and that, and He's the reason my life now sucks, but... No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> God damn him. That's my David Williamson story, sorry. Wow. With, with added waterworks. 
no. for the you know, for the benefit of like. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel no, awful. No, I feel weird now. It's honest. It's beautiful. I do this a lot. It's honest. It's beautiful. I cried tonight at the gala show. You wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> when you did Richard Young's podcast. You said that two of your favourite performers are Williamson and Ring Clam, both of whom both everyone, yeah. we've, we've had on the podcast this weekend. All three of you are similar in as far as you all just seem so natural on stage. It seems like you honestly don't care about failure, take risks, appear to improvise oh, a I lot. Care. Do you think? Do you think the ability to look so natural, to, to improvise so well, is innate? Something you either have or you don't have? Or do you think it's something you can work on and develop and improve? I think it's a, I don't, I don't, I can, right, any, any answers I give are coming from the point of view of this nervous system over here. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so I can't speak to for any, what is going on in anyone else's head sure. or what anyone else's process is. But for me, it was sort of innate to be able to improvise was innate, but I had to work to get to the point where I could use it productively as opposed to destructively. Ah, Does that make sense? Yeah. I had to like, I had it in, um, someone described it to me, like my, my, if I've got a superpower, it's my imagination. Right. But I have to guide it, because it will go off on its own, and the next thing you know, you've lost, you know, time. And, and so, um, so I had it, and, and, and I seemed, oh, I hate saying it, because it sounds like I'm trying to big myself up, but I'm no, not. No, I hear these people talk on these podcasts about how great they are and what they do. You know what I mean? And I can't do that. But I had this innate ability but I needed to learn how to guide it in the right direction. So I don't think everybody's got it, and I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. Because everybody has got something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It may not be that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. everybody has got something. And it's innate. And I think the secret to performing is finding out what that is, removing the things that are blocking it, and learning how to direct it. So your, if your innate thing is maths, do you know what I mean? Like, I'll give you an example um, from comedy. Like uh, Jimmy Carr is not a funny man. And I don't mean that. No, no, no. Wait, wait for it. In there, in there. If you're having a banter with him, in the, he's not funny in the pub. He's not constantly riffing. He's not. Right. But he does have a brain for it, and he knows how to write a joke. So he guides him in that direction, and he write, and everything is meticulous, and everything is. Good. And that's. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Everyone's got their own thing. So the key to definitely the key to comedy, but uh, I believe the key to performing anything is to find out what your innate thing is, remove the obstacles that have that are normally imaginary, that you've put between you and it, and then go with it, whatever it is. How important do you think it is to fail? Very. What do you learn? It's more important to come back. Right. What do you learn? If you that? fail but then come back, then you haven't failed. Okay. So what do you learn from that failure? It depends on the, well, it, it depends on the nature of, as, as with a career that is littered with them, it depends, <laughs> let's not pretend. <laughs> oh, it's a car crash. But... Well, let's say you're a comedian, you've got an improvisational style. You need to find the point where an audience turns off you. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. They'll go, there's a point where they'll go, I've had enough of that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's either gone too dark or he's been too weird or he's been too whatever it is. You know what I mean? And the only way you find that point is to go a little bit past it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you're doing your thing, ba bum ba bum ba bum, and you sense you've lost the audience, and you're like, all right, that's as far as I can go with that and no further. I've been quite esoteric here, but it's, no, no, it's no. an energy thing almost. It's like a feel the force thing. So that's, there's no, there's no, but there's no failures as long as you come back. 
If you write a script and you send it in and no one wants it, you haven't failed as long as you come back with the next script or the next... If you take that defeat as, well, that's me done, I'm out, then... Because um, I failed. I failed it, you know, comedy clubs the first two years. That's all I did was fail. And you have to come back. I'd, get on the, I'd be work all day on this photocopier. That was my job at the time. And that would be like eight in the morning till six. And I'd get on the train, go up to London, find a comedy club, do my ten minutes, fail... Dramatic, I mean, I like, boo, like, you know, and then mm. get back on the train, come home, get my notebook out, what did I do wrong, go to sleep, wake up, repeat. And I was lucky, because I come back in the, up in the 90s, and you could do it then, you could, there were comedy clubs every night of the week, and you could always find some. You can't do that now, they're a bit more um, few and far between. Just changes. Showbiz changes, you know. Let's go back to those early days in Harrods. How mm -hmm. did you initially get that gig, and what was it like pitching Dynamic Coins and Svendex? Ah, now, see, right. Yes, I would. I, a lot of people have a, have a thing about Marvin's magic. I would. I reckon it's um. No, the era I don't know about now. Was... I don't know about now because now his his range is so old. Magic Trump's range is so like vast. Do you know what I mean? He's got so many. When I was doing it, there was like four items. He had one magic set in that black plastic mm -hmm. case that you was that was your main thing that you were selling, and he had little things, but it was only like five or six things. So you were demoing the same five or six things all day every day. But if you were, what I, the way I approached it was, I thought, right, I'm earning here, but I'm also developing whatever my, th that's, I'm learning to guide my thing. Mm -hmm. So I would do these, my Dems were very, I was a dreadful salesman. Uh, awful, because I was not interested in that. Like, everyone else was like, going like, well, how much commission did you make today? And I was like, 50p, but I got a great 10 minutes out of it. And I'm off down the, do you know what I mean? Because my demonstration, I was never a salesman. Everyone else was doing like the ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Like, Nyman was the master. He would do the Sven Carly cards. Oh, it was like a machine. Throwing them into people's bags. Have you seen it? Shouting, like doing the batteries. He's brilliant, brilliant watching him. And this is the truth. And so we had a box, I think, called the Houdini chain escape. And it was the Siberian chain escape. Uh -huh. And I got, so I got that out. I thought, no one's selling that. It was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Get that and that and I did that every day, every day, and that routine built and built and built and built, and I'm st and I'm still doing it now. And and I now I go on the Disney Cruise Line. There's a big old theatre, beautiful, and I close um my show with the same that routine, and it's the same bit of chain. Oh my god! Because I nicked it. I've got the same bit of chain. I've replaced the rings because they went, you know, the rings go. But the bit of chain is the same bit of chain from Arads that I used to demonstrate with, and I've had it for like when, it was, when was that? God. 30 years, so the same bit of chain has been around the world with me, it's been I've done troop shows in Kosovo with it I've done like army shows I've done everything with that same bit of chain and that routine with the this whole thing I do, it's about 20 minutes long now, but and that's my thing I do a tiny thing and make it long, if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah, same bit of chain, so I'm at the Magic Circle Christmas show last year, I did it at the Magic Circle Christmas show and then one day Marvin was in the front row and I've done this routine and like everyone's cheering. And I'm like, I've got to tell you a quick story. I don't know really tell this, but because he's in the room, <laughs> this is the bit of chain that I got out of the Marvin's magic box and all those years ago. Any young magicians in the room, you never know where a little bit of chain's going to take you. Oh, God, you know, tears and oh, I want to thank God. But um, I've done this little speech about this bit of chain. And you never know what it can take because he, he was happy with that. I go downstairs and Andy Ray was doing the, the souvenir booth and he went, I've just sold out of magic sets with that Siberian chain in. <laughs> and I went, oh, what? Young kids coming down the stairs with stars in their eyes, dreaming of the future. Went, no, members. They come down, got the kids up. Which one's that bit of chain in? Like, I didn't know you could do that with it. Like, <laughs> is that 
routine in there because I want to do that because I'm that guy that does that. You know, I'm Phil Cass. So, um, are you still do are you doing any magic in the cruise work now, or is it all just? Oh yeah. Well, it's back. Yes, because I went. I became a comedian for about. And you lost, fell out of love with magic, didn't you? No, I didn't fall out of love with it, but I wanted to... I was doing my thing, and, and the funny bits were going longer, the stories were going off. And I did one 20-minute set, and I suddenly thought, why am I coming out, doing the cut and restored rope, and then doing 20 minutes with no magic in it? It don't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And everyone was saying to me, oh, drop the magic, go with the funnies. And um, so I did. And uh, I was a comedian for about... Straight comedian with no magic in it for about, I don't know, it must be 10 years. I didn't do any trick. I didn't go to the magic circle, I didn't go to conventions. Not in a sort of, you know, oh, I'm too cool for that. I'm just doing my own thing, guys, right? But I realised that I was doing, you know, you, you get hypnotised by, well, at least I do, I get hypnotised by what's around me. And if I'm around magic too much, I get, like, thinking about, I think small. My brain goes small and I'm thinking about the wrong, you know, little things. Like, how do you do the pass right when I should be thinking about how do I fill a room right. with, with me? I amness. I'm big on the I amness. And, um, oh, I did this word. So I was, a, I was a comedian, and then I did a stand up set, and I got an encore, and I had nothing left. Because I'd done long anyway, I'd done an hour. And I got an encore, and it was like, I've got nothing left. The, t the tank is dry. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I've got my old trusty deck of playing cards that I fiddle with in my back pocket. I'll get them out. And I, and I did, and that was, a, I did 15 minutes, so it was one car trip. But it went, and then I suddenly thought, oh, hang on, I see a way to. Because I could never work out how to fuse cause comedy and magic in a way that fit me. Because I was never, sure. I'm not that guy that I can't buy a, a routine off the shelf and, you know, do the lines in the, mm. in the order. I'm not, I'm not that guy. And, um, and that was the first time. All right, if I get a card chosen and then I reveal it at the end, whatever happens in between those two points isn't set. You know, certain, you know, certain routines, you've got to say certain things in a certain order to sure. make the trick work. Process related. Other, but, but the, so the things I do aren't, there's no process in them. It's literally, I, find, I have a card chosen, I find it, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But the journey we go on, there's one I used to do where I, I can't do it now because someone else has um, helped themselves. But I'd do one that was, um, I'd sing Mele Miserable, and I'd go into a whole one-man Les Mis thing, and at the end of it, the card appeared on the floor. You know, and... and um, uh, yeah, am I waffling a bit? I am a little bit. I've gone oh, off, so off on a tangent here, haven't I? What did you ask me? That you'd stop doing whether you do magic on the cruises. So now, now I do do magic on the cruises because I found a way to put the two together that works really, really well, and it works for a family audience too, which is what my audience is on the cruise ships generally. It's either families or, or um, older Americans with money who I'm trying to convince to leave me their houses. But um, <laughs> you know, you've got long left, have you? No kids? Oh, that's a shame. What me? No, I can't afford a house. If only someone would help me out. But um, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, but um, with the Disney, Disney's my main one. I do other lines, but Disney's my main one. That's my core thing. And um, with those, they like, they seem to like me. So I do an adult show. You do that, you do an adult show and a family show in the theatre. And I do do magic in those, but it's um, a lot of it's of a type. Yeah. It's, sure. Who makes you laugh today? Today. Mm. Oh, it's that weird thing. When you when you do comedy a lot, you don't laugh. At, you do sort of watch it like this. Like, you're laughing inside, but you're not, you know, you're kind of, your brain's in a different space. But there's a few I get lost in. Um, Dave makes me laugh. Rude makes me laugh. Weirdly, Ben Earl makes me laugh. My friend Ben, he, he, like, socially, he'll have me on the floor. He's a really, people don't realise that about him. They think, oh, very intense with us. He's actually hilarious. He can be really funny. 
Um, what comedians should we be on the lookout for this year? Wise, this year? Mm. I don't know who the new lot are. Um, I like uh, Jack Carroll made me laugh. The other day. He's good. Um, my mates make me laugh all the time. That's the, that's the nice thing. I've got loads of comedy mates. John makes me laugh like no one else. Fordy really makes me laugh. My mate Matt Ford. He can have me on the floor on Twitter. He can have me on the floor like with messages. He's got his ability to send you the perfect message at the perfect moment. And it'll literally be like a noise or something, but it'll just... And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor howling, because it's like, you know... <laughs> he's a funny man, Matt, he really is. And John, they make me laugh. My mates make me laugh a lot. All of them. I want to cover all the bases here, because they all make me laugh. Is there anybody you left out you want to think quickly? No. Nobody. I don't want to be named Rocky either, so... Singing and comedy. How did that come about? Mm. Funny you should ask, but... Um, that was an improv thing. I was on stage. And I was talking about, um, I don't, I, this is about, I, I was talking about that Les Miserables, and I was talking, I don't know, I went into a whole thing about, I just started talking about theatre, I'm quite theatrical in my shows, and um, I just started singing Bring Him Home, I forget, it was about Britain's Got Talent had been on, and, and I was going to have my Britain's Got Talent moment, and I was in, and I got the lights, and I started singing Bring Him Home, and oh, cheers and tears, and all, people were laughing, and I had this idea to start singing A Little Fall of Rain which is the, don't you fret, Monsieur Marius, I don't feel any pain. And there was a guy, and I've got a guy who wants to stand up, and I mimed out being shot and staggering across the stage, singing it, no pain, and touch me now. Got him to catch me, and I was sliding down his front, and you will keep me safe. And he was laughing. And, the, and, then, um, and then I did, um, I did One Day More. I did all the voices at the end. One day more. So I thought, I'll have that. And then that became the back, that was the backbone of one of my Edinburgh shows, was that old sequence grew and grew and grew, and it became like, and then I got a card trick in there somewhere, so it was like, it's, and then I realised I've had a card chosen and forgotten, and I had to go back and get the cards, and I might do it tonight. Oh, well, let's hope so. That's killed the surprise, isn't it? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. No, I won't do it tonight, I won't get a laugh. Comedy's about surprise. There is no surprise that, unfortunately, we're just about to run out of time, but we always end the show with four Quick fire questions, Mr. Buckler. Are you ready? I'm braced. Favourite pizza topping? Oh, pepperoni. Quick, I like it. Favourite film? Jaws. Favourite person or people that make music? At the moment, David Byrne. But also Tom Waits. One. David Byrne right okay. now. But it changes every day. Today is all we're interested in, Danny. It's the moment. It's beautiful. This is all that exists. Is what's happening now. Yeah, right now. Thought is a prison that restricts us. <laughs> And finally, who would you rather fight, one massive Williamson or a hundred tiny rune clans? I would kick shit out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Danny Buckler, thank you so much for giving us your time, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Oh, thank you. Of the thank session. you very much Please for watching. Put your thank hands you. Together. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Danny Thank Butler. you very much. Thank you. See you tonight.